Janet. Ashland. <laughs> <laughs> he waited for us to go so he could showboat. And I respect it. <laughs> I love that. So we have John Wick, Janice, and <laughs> your melodious singing. So we have uh, have Andre back, and we have Ian back. I missed you guys, even though Angie and I had a good time last week. Just want to say. Yeah, that was a good podcast. It was a great conversation. Thank you. And I was was shook to learn that it was was the first episode without Ian, like ever. Ever. On any podcast we've ever done, no Ian. So it was very bizarre having him not be here. Yeah, I was in a a fucking dump in Sacramento. <laughs> He's not going to be hired to do any commercials for uh, that city anytime soon. So, <laughs> Chamber of Commerce, I guess you won't be sponsoring us. My God. I didn't, you know, 407 was hard to follow. Uh, you guys weren't here for that, you know, episode. I know everybody had a lot of thoughts about it. Turning out to be one of the best episodes of television last week with uh, mm-hmm. with that one. It was proxy authentication required. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I was we were blown away and I think we're all still reeling from the revelation of what uh, Edward Alderson did to his son and that's going to carry on I think for the rest of the show and the way they picked it up here with 408 was beautiful I don't know what you guys thought in general about the episode but I was just like whoa well it, it was mm-hmm. like for me for, for starting with 407 I mean the whole series to me ha- was was on a certain level you know, a, a certain level of, um, what do they call it? Like, identification, like I would identify. I, I was very in- entertained, and I, 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 I enjoyed the, you know, the plot twists or the, you know, the, the theories and all that. But in 407, it just crashed down to ground level. Right. And it was like, it's like we might not have all experienced the same things that Elliot did and and um, what Vera did and even you know that type of trauma, but it just became like real life, and it's weird. It's that you know uh, sexual assault and 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 what happens to children and even women and men even into adulthood, so prevalent in our society that. I don't know if, if Sam Elliott consciously did this, but because of that act of 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 uh, Mr. Robot or um, his uh, his father, it started this whole thing that just brought the whole world down. It did, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something in the home that affected the whole world in five nine. It really did. So it was like, I love it, that this was the reveal. I mean, I don't love. That the character was assaulted, but I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, it's and like, that meant, it, that's that's when you know we kept on Sam. Uh, you kept on telling us Sam said it's right in front of our face, and right. it was like bam, it's right in front of our face. Every household deals with this. What was your take, Andre, on it as well? What were you feeling about that last episode? I mean, all of it. I feel like last week was the nuclear bomb, and this episode was the fallout. Um, I think I've been I've been thinking of the bombshell in terms of like how we view Elliot now. And I think it was interesting that after episode six and everything he did to Olivia and having that episode largely be about how his actions affected others and now going into four of seven where it's revealed that this like huge crime was committed against him. 
and how he faces that going forward. Like in this episode, he's he's struggling with, you know, he asked Crystal, like, how do people move on from this? And they just they just try to keep going. And I think there's something really, really, um, really intrinsic and, and raw uh, the way the show decides to portray trauma. And I think if it was any other show, it would be not as well handled as this because it's almost like I think right now Elliot is in the the shock phase and he's kind of numb and, and sort of paralyzed from this truth. And by the end of the episode, when he sort of breaks down, we're getting into the he's like finally able to to start processing it and, and see what happens. And I, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like these last three episodes, this one included, were really interesting in how it portrayed Elliot as the leader and protagonist of this story. Right. I know, it was really interesting. Yeah, there's one thing. I mean, like Andre said, it's it's uh, how Elliot deals with trauma. I think the Alderson kids deal with trauma in a very I closed off way. I don't know. Like with Darlene sitting there, she's she's tied up. There's a knife there's a knife in Dom's chest and she's still calling Janice names. Right. It's like, you know, yeah. I'm like First I, of all, I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, Darlene's seen some shit. He's like, Darlene, shut up. <laughs> you know? Fuck off. You know, just don't eat shit and die. Close. I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's something that both Darlene and Elliot they they handle it in different ways, but they they never ever show their true face. Yeah, I mean, going back to the Mister Robot mask and the F Society mask, the whole thing, not showing their true face and that and and Darlene calling Janice all those names is her. Try, her way of dealing with the situation and she knows that if she shows how she's actually feeling it makes her more vulnerable so yeah i think i think it's interesting how those two really handle i'd like, that. To, I'd like to believe that darlene's profanity is her mr robot i mean <laughs> <laughs> fuck off cunt yeah. stick dick yeah. shit it was just like that's your mr robot i right? heard i heard cunt stick and i was like ooh, gotta write that down save it for later <laughs> It is a go-to, and I, I love profanity. It's and one of my you know the, the cool thing is, she Darlene has been that person since day one. Yeah, she she's has been never wavered. She hasn't, and you know she's also had to carry the the trauma for her brother in a way because he doesn't remember and because he does phase out. One of the things that you said when we were we watched it twice last night because we got to see it on YouTube TV. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. Brought to you by YouTube. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fuck them! I had to pay for it. Oh, yeah. But like, fuck hell, <laughs> paying you guys thirty dollars a month. <laughs> but like the fact of seeing it at East Coast time, we get to immediately roll and get that you know get the flavor and the stuff and get ready to start doing this on Monday mornings. Which is for the rest of Mr. Robot, we're doing this on Monday morning, um, you know, mid morning. And so I needed to be prepared. And we were watching it, and I said about that Dom scene when she just goes fucking John Wick in the in that apartment in Angela's old apartment I was just like it's just it was so crazy and it's so refreshing because not everybody gets to fight back on this show and then I was thinking about Krista fighting back and then I was thinking about little Elliot fighting back you pointed that out you said the, the little kid was fighting back. and you yeah. said the whole thing is about fighting so back about things about fighting back mm -hmm. it's it's almost it's almost like do you know like in Handmaid's Tale where we was like oh my god this is just torture porn please do something it's it, this was never like that but it's like it's finally kind of good to see some ass getting kicked absolutely because they have been in the corner so many different times but it's like this we're at the end of the story we're we're you know five down to the the finish line and the stakes are so high and it was just so satisfying to see somebody bad 
get a bullet in their head. And and also in this, in like when they do fight back, yeah, in such a grand way. And the one thing I've been thinking about Dom, and and I don't know if this has been her intention. I know she was supposed to be an older woman when Esmel created her, and then Grace Gummer came in against all these formidable actors and won the part of Dom and plays her. Even though she's from New Jersey, she plays her like this redheaded lawman. Like she listens to country mm-hmm. and. She's just got this swagger about her. She's got the tattoos, but she's sort of like an old West lawman. So when she went fucking John Wick on everybody, I was like, damn. I mean, that's just my shit well, right there. It, it was crazy because we, we were watching it and then we, I, I had noticed the, the dark army guy creeping forward. We both did. And then you were just like, this is what she's going to do. Yeah, I called a little bit beforehand. And then she does it. And the way it was shot, I love how it was like, it wasn't too quick. It wasn't too dark. You saw every single movement. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, yeah, totally John Wick style. Because I'm like, she's going to pull this out of her chest and go for that Achilles heel. Because you see the camera angle. I'm like, well, that's what I would do, right? But then you're going to bleed out. I had no idea she was going to be like, bang, bang. But then you go back to the shootout in China in the hotel. And when she goes into action, like when those Dark Army guys come in and do that raid in the hotel lobby, she doesn't shrink from that shit at all like she just rolls up into it mm-hmm. so didn't she didn't she take one of them out she did so you get this hint yeah. that you know dom spent some time on the fucking quantico range <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i was what, i and, loved it and it was yeah. it was also more effective because i mean we've spent the last episodes of of dom being you know like shriveled up and and just like completely yeah. terrified of yeah. being of working for the dark army and just to, to see her being just like her her getting her john wake badass moment was the i thought that was gonna happen when janice rolled up in the in the end of the last episode or the Me episode too. beforehand yeah i thought that's what looked like. and then pop 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 janet that's a wrap out janice that's a wrap on the dark army guys because i also just say i think it's interesting uh that the show made a point to have someone say directly to Janice that, yeah, I've heard, like, I'm talking about Dean and like, yeah, I've heard all this dark army shit before, blah, 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 blah. That now we're like almost sort of deconstructing the myth of the invincibility of the dark army. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what's happening? <laughs> we're having a conversation about a technical thing while you're talking, which is rude, but continue. <laughs> I mean, that was the end of my point. Uh, I can keep going. <laughs> no, can you reset it for my a benefit? Because I was distracted just now. I'm getting signals from Ian. I don't know what they mean. There's a lot of, it was like bad charades. I'm sorry. Restate your point real quick. I am so sorry. Sure. I, I was saying that <laughs> I thought that was interesting that the show decided to finally make a point of showing um, someone like Deegan say like I've heard all this dark army shit before blah 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 and it's like sort of we're now slowly deconstructing the myth yes. of the invincibility of the dark army. Yes, thank you for saying that. Um absolutely loved that that we see that the dark army isn't just this, you know, unstoppable force that it takes a guy like Deegan. I love that this guy. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it before. Take a number." <laughs> it's like, "Goodbye, you know, yeah. happy merry christmas schlang. <laughs> you flange. You flange. You flange." <laughs> Oh my fucking god! You know he's got some you know top level profanity. She's like, speak English. Um, 
And what a satisfying way for Janice to go down to yeah. look like one of her dead-eyed animals that she probably, you know, that she's always working yeah. on. Can we talk about Ashley Atkinson and how we're going to miss her, even though, you know, she needed to be put down like the sick freak that she is. But what a formidable performance. I mean, come on. Probably one of my favorite villains. Yeah. I mean, the way she played Janice was just... Uh, With relish. Oh, man. Every time she was on screen, my asshole puckered. <laughs> It was <laughs> it was totally the intent, and I think it worked. What I love about Ashley, I just read this right before we came on to do the podcast. She auditioned for Dom like four or five years ago, um, and said I was totally wrong for this part, and I I just had it all wrong. And when they brought in Grace, and I saw her enter the show, she was like, "Oh no, I totally get what they're doing. This is exactly what they're doing." So um, then. When and all she's a huge fan of Mr. Robot, Ashley is, and she's watched it all these years. And she's like, she was a Dom Lean shipper this entire time. So her whole thing was like, if I needed to take a bullet in the temple to let those two crazy kids get together, I was happy to do it. Um, and the way she, what she brought to Janice, she said, was, I saw all these formidable actors coming in before me and after me, and I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm getting this. But she just decided to single focus, go in there and read Janice. In kind of against the material, like to read her in a bright, chippy kind of way and to read her the way she said Dominique in the audition. She said she said it in a musical way that made Sam laugh. And she thought, I might have a chance at this after all. Yeah. So I loaded that there was this whole actor who was shipping Domlene, who had auditioned for Domlene, and then was more than happy to take the bullet. And she's sitting there, like talking about the origin story of her, and uh, you know how she reminds people of Macaulay Culkin and The Good Son. She goes, "Yeah, there's a lot of bad seed about her. Like she probably beat those tests. Her whole then this is my take on it. The whole 100. percent I think a psychopath usually tends to beat these personality tests, and I feel like her 100 percent thing came out of like a whole gaming the system to you know, evade capture. And then Ashley Atkinson's take on the character mm. is that her parents probably tried to get help because they realized that she was a psychopath when she was early on, like doing horrible things. And they just basically shipped her off to boarding school as soon as she turned 18 and was just never home when she wanted to come home. She goes, look at her. It's Christmas. She has nowhere else to be. And I was mm. like, Oh shit! <laughs> There's some dark. It's even got darker on Ash, Ashley. Uh, Ashley's character of Janice than I even thought. So, bravo, madam. Bravo. Yeah. Well, they did a really good job, even getting um, you know Irving. I mean, these two yes. characters, these two. I don't know what. I don't know if they're uh, what. What the hierarchy? What do they call? They're enforcers or something. I'm not really sure, but they're just they hide in plain sight. And, yeah. and they're very, you know, if you had just met them on the street, they would be engaging, entertaining. Like when she's saying, have you ever met Trudy? Oh, you know, she's like, I until I really got to know her, she was really cool, you know? <laughs> and like she even tried well, to that, hook me up with I, you. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Like, I'm not sure if I, if I read everything that you just said about Janice the same way. I thought I was thinking that when she said the test came back. 100% normal. I thought it was Sam's way of being like any normal person is capable of doing this if they have the right motivation. Sure. And I was sure. thinking about how Irving again was like this like really like like 
cool car salesman and he's like axing people in the face at night like yeah, I thought that's I'm, what but I think and I think the sh- uh, show is making your point and it's also making the point that evil is banal it's like evil mm-hmm. is very extraordinary I mean I, I think both of those things are true yeah that mm. that this is what evil looks like and oh. what is seemingly normal on the surface is a term i mean look at the person who runs the united states right now into the ground look at it, president trump i mean for the longest time he got away with like seeming like a normal successful businessman but then it all starts to unravel doesn't it well it's like remember what what uh when you know when darlene was like you know you could talking about dom's like you don't want her to die yeah and janice is like well you know she's well, I, I, you're right. I don't. I mean, she's loyal. She loves her family. She's this. Mm-hmm. She's the perfect person to manipulate. And I was like, I'm wondering, it's like, did the Dark Army have that on these two? Or at least on Janice? I think they know their information. Well, probably the, one of the biggest things about the Dark Army, it's kind of what, it's what Putin does. It's what a lot of, uh, if you want to pull off any kind of crime or heist, you hack people. People are the most important things to hack, and I feel like they have this dossier on just everybody under the sun. You know, they have their own compromise on everyone, so they can play people against people. That is probably one of the best ways to succeed. We're seeing it play out in our own democracy right now, yeah. hacking people. So, yeah. Did I unmake your point, though, Andre, about that? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, let's talk about what's going on with Elliot. So he's standing there staring at his little self in front of Krista's um, <laughs> fireplace. And she's like, we got to go call the cops. I just stabbed a fool in my living room. And those two, uh, you know, Peanuts and Javi are downstairs. So, okay. And Elliot is not plugged in. He's like, he has gone blue screen. And I am like, what's going to happen to poor Krista now? And she has the wherewithal to get him out of the apartment. So I was like, this whole scene was was just... Well played by Rami because he grounded this character. He made, like, to your point, it wasn't this over-the-top reaction. He's just trying now to function. Yeah. He can barely function. Do you think this is the first time he saw his little self? Probably. I feel like he hasn't seen this we person. Yeah, we haven't seen him. Yeah. And just the way he was. The way he looked at him told yeah. me that he had never seen this little kid before. You know, yeah, because he did look younger than all the other ones. He looked seen. younger than eight years old, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, like little, like even younger than the kid in the theater was like, Shh, yeah, quiet. The movie's gonna start. I felt like this kid was six, yeah, seven. Is that possible? I don't know, but he was smaller yeah. and littler. And the whole Queen's Museum and hiding the key. So now we have the little translation of. What's your monster and the key? But I feel dumb. I feel like I'm still missing something. Yeah, yeah. Am I still missing something? Well, the or th- have you guys put it together? The, the thing is, like, it was, no. it was, it was <laughs> like, it was White Rose talking to Angela about the key. Right. The keys in the room. The keys in the room, and it's like, are you purple? Are you red? Uh, Elliot wasn't even there, so it, like, even then, I was like, oh, the key, but like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, maybe they all knew about the key. 
I don't know. Uh, I feel I feel dumb though. I mean, like I didn't even go. I don't I don't go on Reddit. I'm trying to figure this out on my own. I mean, it's like if it was just a show about Reddit, I would just you know have a podcast called Lisa reads Reddit shit about <laughs> Mr. Robot. What Reddit says? <laughs> what Reddit says about this episode? So I don't I don't know. I still felt like okay. I feel like it, I, all the answers have been given to me. I'm playing you know Wheel of Fortune and there's one letter missing and I'm just like I feel stupid. Um, because then somebody put up a post. And this is what I've been noticing for a while. I just didn't translate it this way. Sometimes Mr. Robot's wearing a hat and sometimes he isn't. Sometimes Mr. Robot's nice and sometimes he's saying like really misogynist, horrible, shitty things to people and and is very menacing. And then I realized that, oh, Mr. Robot is sometimes monster and sometimes he's Mr. Robot, right? Because of this article somebody had written, uh, it was off of a Reddit post about like the protector is the one without the hat. And he's the one going, I'm here for you. Like when he gets beaten up, Mr. Robot doesn't have his hat on and he's down in the basement, you know, that whole Alf dream. Yeah. He's not wearing his hat. And then when he like shows up and goes, okay, fuck face, he's got the hat on and he's menacing. And when he, when he said, like when he comes at Krista the first time when she brings him forth, he's got the hat on. And I'm like, I never made this distinction that that's where Monster is. The whole time when he's in jail in season two, does he have the hat on or the hat off? I think he constantly has the hat on. Like when he's, he's working with in the yeah, office? He has his hat on when he's being sentenced. He goes, are you fucking crazy? Like he's, he's oh. always giving him shit. Wow. God, I need to watch the whole fucking thing. Now again. we gotta watch the whole fucking thing. Hell the yeah. Gift, yeah! The gift that keeps on giving him, Mr. Robot, is that as soon as this is over, our holiday season yeah. is gonna be like watching the season, this the whole series from front to, to end. Yeah, I don't know if the, if if we've gotten the answer yet. I feel like the the breadcrumbs are being laid, but it's the same breadcrumb every single time. <laughs> like, right. it's like, I, I'm not sure we're oh, like, uh, going oh. anywhere with it. <laughs> right. Oh, and, like, uh, Ooh, maybe uh, this oh. breadcrumb will taste different. No, it's the no. same one. Same um, one. So I don't, I don't know. I'm so very <laughs> lost with the, the whole, <laughs> the, yeah. the scene with white Rose and Angela in that room haunts me to this day. Cause it's like the, really the only thing that is like, I'm not able to wrap my mind around what yeah. it has to do with the show it's very weird how the how the show did that like it happened but then the show pretended like it didn't so i'm like and then it's this key like are we talking like a physical key is like the key a person is like is this key have anything to do with white rose's machine like i don't know i don't know what's happening and then now there's just a physical key that looks like the e-corp um logo yeah and it's just the key to the bedroom. It's just the key to the bedroom. And I'm like, I feel like these things are coming down to these simple answers all the time. Unless there's a big, like, and again, I think the big fake up of Sam Esmail is he'll have us believing that. And it'll be like, there really was a ship and there really was a time machine. Uh, let's talk about what's going on with this whole father and son relationship. The back to the future thing makes sense. You go back into the past. It's all about a father. If they change mm-hmm. the father in the story, then Marty's future is different. If he just stands up to his bully. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> I get that now. I also get, and, and the, we, we needed Christian as Mr. Robot to say to him, I am not your father. Yeah, yeah. So you won't keep seeing the abuser, Edward Alderson. It's like, he's like, I yeah. know um, you're the father I needed, not the father I had. So all yeah, of this is to make it's sense. Really, it's, yeah, it's really interesting because like it's so easy to, forget that mr robot isn't a person 
that has like nuanced feelings and motivations. It's literally fueled by the same person that is subconsciously acting as a defense mechanism. Mm. And I feel like Mr. Robot is there for protection, but I think again, as we see at the end of the episode, he's also there for the nurturing part of his father that he never had. Like what does he say? Like, you're the father that I needed and didn't have or something like that. You're the father I needed, not so, the father I had. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, uh, the ability to self heal is what I see in this, the heartbreak of this, that this man is so desperate to have not been in that situation, fought back his entire life. And now he's made it his entire life's work is to fight um, the bullies and the villains of the world. But then at the very end, but he end, tells him like, "I can't do the hack yeah, now." He yeah, he's like, he couldn't fight anymore. And I'm like, what is driving that? So this whole thing has been driven by this internal pain that he's hidden from himself, and he's taking White Rose down to what? Not avenge his father. Avenge Angela. Avenge Angela. Avenge all the people who've been murdered to find justice to seek justice. And I think justice will prevail in the story. I think that's why. Dom got to take out three Dark Army agents. And I think mm-hmm. he's got to win this. Now, whether he survives any of this, I don't know. But I do see him as redeemable now. But Elliot was part of the that the, the, the buildings coming down. He was. So it's like and there's still that, you know, that conflict within yeah, him. Yeah, I don't know that we've fully gotten to know Monster yet. Because, yeah, he's got that, he's got monsters somewhere there lurking just beneath the surface. Yeah. Ready and, to come out and take vengeance. And monster being the key, you know, that being that whole thing. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like I'm so glad I've got good company of you guys going, no, it's not completely been spelled out. I mean, we got five more yeah. episodes, right? And the, 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 yeah. the, the key, he said it, it's like, we hid the key to keep out the monster. And so these terms that we're using about, you know, monster now have double meaning. Because there's a monster inside of Elliot, too. Is he trying to keep out that monster as yeah. well? Yeah, I just don't know if, if we're thinking, if we're supposed to think of monster as an element to Elliot's personality. Like, we all have that that ability to, to be ruthless. Or if it's a completely separate identity and personality in and of itself and that Elliot doesn't have the wherewithal to take down those buildings. Or maybe it's maybe the monster has nothing to do with Elliot. Maybe it's White Rose. But they say the other one. Yeah. In that conversation up in the room. Yeah. The other the other personality. And it's definitely another personality inside him. Yeah. I don't know where this is headed now. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> The it's fuck? so much it's so much fun though just to sit and it talk is. And, and racing and to the it. very yeah. end it's great yeah. and then also i had a thought and i shared it with you guys in the group thread about how i'm starting to really believe and this is based on i haven't read anything like this maybe it's been out there or not but i have never read this hand to god uh, on reddit or anywhere else i don't feel like the ai um i don't feel like i feel like what she's shipping across the congo is not a big machine um, I feel like now it's a person, it's a machine representing a person. I think it's a living thing and that it needs to live off of power that's been set up in the Congo or whatever. There's something about not, no one being able to see what it is. Um, and maybe it is an AI machine where they brought back Chen in some form. And if they can do it with him, she can sell this technology to the world. I don't know. But I feel like 
she's about to put on this dress and meet whatever on the other side. And I feel like mm-hmm. what she's been reconstructing over these years is fi- a physical manifestation of her lost love. And she's burnt down nations and people and everything in her path to get to it. And I feel like it's literally something that would she would have to answer to if you took it through regular channels. And I think it's small enough to be sitting on a cargo ship of aid. You know, if you follow, I started doing this whole, <laughs> I swear to God, I did this, this whole shipping research about how they get aid across the sea. And I think it's something that needs to be small enough to hide through. Just like a, a, a sea crate? Yeah. So sea I don't, container? I don't think it's anything bigger than that. It's not like they're, they're, they're pulling down the structure and yeah. shipload after shipload after shipload. You could build ship- a Hadron. You could make the case. Because that of, would be obvious. You could build a Hadron Collider anywhere in the world and people would welcome it if like you're funding it. So I feel like it's something like that. I could be wrong, but I feel like she's shipping a living being, whether it be a physical human. I don't say, I think it's Frankenstein's Bride, but in a way it kind of is Frankenstein's Bride. I think it's some sort of AI that represents Chen. Supercomputer. I'm the... I... I don't know, because I'm thinking about it in terms of White Rose as a character, and if that character is all about hacking time, then I'm not sure. I feel like, again, I feel like we have the answers. I just don't know which answers. Gotcha. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. I don't know if, I, if, I, if I'm on the time. AI train. Yeah. I mean, the signs are there for sure. I just don't know how that fits into White Rose as a character. If... If it were up to me, and I'm nowhere near the the caliber of that writer's room, but I feel like it would be really interesting because now it's it's been like hit us over the head with this theme of like grief and trauma and processing that trauma is if White Rose just by the end of the show is actually revealed to just kind of like be completely insane yeah. and going the route of Angela being like, look, I rewind the, the TV and they've, and they've come back to life. Like, I feel like we're heading... To something like that. I feel like yeah. there's this yeah, whole thing going yeah. on with her. I don't think it's as literal as we're theorizing. I would so buy I that know. as well. I really would buy that as well because everything else is starting to come down to just human beings doing human shit. There's nothing extraordinary. There's just the moments when yeah. your training kicks in or your innate sense kicks in, your intuition, yeah. like what happened with Dom in that room. It wasn't out of character. And if you're paying attention to the way she carries herself and her instincts and her shooting skills and that, that shootout and the way she run, like she ducks from the dark army hit in Lupe's like there's something about the way this woman is. She's all law enforcement, you know, she doesn't have a personal life. She's dedicated to this thing. She was put on this case with the FBI to the degree that she cornered um, Santiago. She has no fear too. You remember she got right up in his face. Yeah. I mean, the only time I think that she was like, oh, fucking shit, is when old Irving over here was hacking up Santiago Uh, for winter firewood. That's right. So, but there's something about her that still, like, wants to speak the truth no matter what. And she's also very cunning. So, I I think you're probably right. I probably should get off the AI train and stop, you know, sipping the electronic Kool-Aid. But whatever piece of it, I, there's still something going across the sea or that's been shipped or is being shipped. So 
it'll be interesting yeah. to see what her perception is. She brought a fish back to life. That's what I'm guessing happened in that room with the Lolita and the little girl and the whole nine. Um, what is her trick? If it's a trick, if it's a if it's a hat trick and a con, I'm very very interested to see yeah. what it is. And then you know, in that in the preview for the next one for nine or for nine, can we talk? You know. <laughs> oh my god. I was See, why mad Rose say Angela? Yeah, that's the thing. I was mad that this preview came up before the episode was over. For you? Because I would have been more surprised to see Mr. Robot at the end if I didn't see that he was in the next episode. I was like, come on now. Oh, we didn't get that. No. You didn't get that? No. I didn't play that way on the YouTubes. We didn't even get the that's preview for the next me. one. We had to No, go. we had to go hunt around for yeah. the, uh, the preview because it didn't pop up on, on YouTube. They just dropped you over a cliff. They're like, and we out. Stand yeah. as well. <laughs> Bye. So we had to go yeah, no, the, the preview. Yeah, the preview played right before. It was the last commercial break before the episode ended. Oh, oh damn. Uh, so we're not, you know, as we know, we're not done with, with well, we're done with Angela, but she's, you know, she's going to, reference to her i don't think girl homegirl is going to be coming back from two shots no no no. she's not coming back but we're going to be talking about her she's going to like get explanation about her so zhang is going to now manipulate further yeah price using angela Damn. the memory of angela Damn. uh yeah i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen (laughs) again i could feel like i go both ways with white rose i feel like she she can lure elliot and be like I'm going to bring my boo back. I can bring Angela back too. And Elliot, so d- d- just completely destroyed again, is willing to believe it. And then by the end of the show, we're just like, oh, she's just actually crazy. Could I be. Don't know. I don't think that that's too far off the beaten track. That's probably going to be the thing. And then Andre gets the Mr. Robot toaster. I don't know what prizes we're handing out <laughs> for being right on Mr. Robot. I get the hat. You get a sash. <laughs> a sash. Um, you get a stuffed animal of your choice, literally a live animal that was you know, <laughs> some <laughs> sick Janice prize. I want to talk about Javi and Peanuts for a real quick second. I still love the Shakespearean royal guard, whatever's going on. She's got a pee. I love yeah. the product plus- placement for Arby's. Arby's just loves you to put. Pl- Arby's will do anything to get their product placement in your show. And for years, they're, they've signed up to be put down. So you'll just keep Arby's, you know, in people's. So this whole fiscally uh, responsible thing that Javi's saying about <laughs> eating at Javi's. And then I don't think Mama Fuko's was actually probably sponsoring the episode but i love the idea that they are and that peanuts is bringing it up but that whole thing of like going up there you can't afford that you can't even (laughs) afford that i don't even know what that is man (laughs) and then their whole reaction to seeing like um their dude laying on the ground it was just like it was kind of like they were really shocked because i almost in a way like he this guy was unkillable and there he is in krista's house like they're probably like who the hell killed this dude like the Miss Krista? <laughs> Do you know what I thought was really Elliot? was nah. really weird in that in that scene was like when is it Peanuts is like, okay, get his wallet. Yeah. And then he has to reach into <laughs> into Elliot Villar's tracksuit pants. And like <laughs> tracksuits are very thin. Yes. And I'm like, oh, that's gotta be weird. Yeah, Elliot Villar had to give uh And he had to and then you just saw it, his butt jiggle and you're like, you're oh like, man. <laughs> Elliot Villar hey, takes we need you to- right out of it. <laughs> it's like, oh. uh Yeah, dude, you're on the call sheet. Um, you got to go through some makeup. And then um, 
Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a, a grabbing moment. And you know when Janeer Williams is like, I want to make sure that homie feels me get that wallet up out of there. <laughs> Gonna feel me, son. Uh, so I love that we had a little bit of a hangover from that episode 407. So here's my question to you guys. So Krista gets to the police department. What's the story? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was she going to say? What is she going to tell somebody? I, I mean, I was sort of like thinking, I, I thought it was really odd that she wasn't like, you had like adamant about, you have to go in with me. Because most of the times when we see a story like that, it's the guy like dragging the other person in. She was just kind of like, okay. And at that point, I, I, at that moment, I was like, when they separated, like, okay, these two are no longer doctor patient. These two are friends. Yes. Oh um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know hugs, what I was like. Oh, there goes that. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're friends now, and I don't feel I don't like know. she can like professionally, you know, treat him yeah. anymore. Um, no, it was very. She does say come back to see she was, me. Like, putting him in the cab. Yes. And, like, yeah. Like holding his hand and taking him out. No, I mean like he was the only person there to corroborate her story about what happened to her. But I mean, like again, Elliot is like borderline catatonic at this point, so he he wouldn't be much help. Also, here's a guy who's been convicted. He's gone to prison. Yeah, he's sort of uh, embroiled up with your ex boyfriend. Probably best to leave him out yeah. of this story. Um, also, someone who's been you know uh, eyed by the FBI as part of the five nine hacks. Maybe you do leave him out of the story. She's very very sharp, Krista. Yeah, very much puts it together. Very much is nobody's fool. Um, you know, usually we see these people just sit in the chair the entire time and go, how do you feel about, you know, seeing your dead father? But I love that she represented uh, mental health care um, professionals so very well in that she was still, even after her own trauma, like, look, mm-hmm. you've been hiding this for years, you know, keeping this a secret. I don't think you have been. Like the way she just tends to him and then says, you come back to see yeah. me and then walks in that precinct. And I was just like, Damn, Krista's made us some strong, strong stuff. And I loved what Gloria Rubin with that did that with that. I don't know if we're gonna see her again for the rest of the series, but lady, you killed yeah. it. And then the hug between them, we all melted onto the sidewalk. But I, again, I go back to what is she going to tell him? Okay, so I'm just minding my business. I'm about to go pick up my boyfriend. And then these three people broke in my house and menaced me and was like threatening me with rape and some shit. She's heard so many bad things um, sitting in her office. She's got a lot of material to draw from for motive. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking she's going to she's going to keep it simple, yeah. but I think she's going to leave. And Vera is already a convicted felon. Oh, yeah. Escaped convicted felon. Exactly. Oh, yeah, so that's true. there really is, for the authorities, be like, okay. Oh, yeah, he is on the run. Yeah, remember? Yeah, he is totally on the run. Oh. So they got one doesn't really matter how he died. He's dead. Yeah. Meh. You know, probably the justice system in New York's been like, oh, yeah. good riddance to bad rubbish. Exactly. Also good for, good for you, homegirl. And, you know, it is the truth. She did kill him. Yeah. So. um, Yeah, I don't know. Can I, can I ask one thing? Is that, do you guys think we're going to see Leon again? God, I hope so. Because when we were watching, the, yeah. we were watching this this yeah. this <laughs> this this episode, and you know the phone's not answering. Janice, the phone's not answering. We were both were like, "Was that Leon?" Yeah. Because I mean, it, it just you know the the lucky Irish was it? Do they call him lucky Irish bastard? Lucky, or lucky Irish bastard. It, that totally slipped my mind. I was like, I totally forgot about that character. You Same. Know? 
that and it was like, oh, was did 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 somehow Mister uh, did somehow uh, Elliot call Leon? And- what made me think it was probably Leon's people who ran into the room in the first place and grabbed everybody up is they weren't wearing dark army masks. And but, yeah. but they all seem like a bunch of white guys. And I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if Leon's crew was a bunch of like, you know, reformed white nationalists? I just had this weird feeling. I was so distracted for a moment. I was just making shit up like, oh, that's who Leon recruited is. But it, the Deegan thing didn't even. Yeah. I didn't but, but even remember, think. But we remember we saw it when she when she was at home and she saw the two surveillance vans Went to the street, yes. we saw the street name yep. and the license plate. And she was crying when she was looking at the Christmas cookies. And then she was looking up at the camera and all that kind of stuff. And then she calls Deegan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, So Deegan's been sort of riding along with us all along. That and was her That was her fighting back. I didn't know who it was going to be, but I knew I it wasn't yeah. Dark Army when they came running in. They just they didn't have the same presence. And if you're just On that all, second watch, yeah, 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 definitely. I was just like, this is not... No, even on the first one, oh, really? I was like, I, I was, I, I was like, the Dark Army's not. Why are they wearing ski masks? Yeah. This is weird. I totally thought it was, and then even even the 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 timeline, we're thinking, did they come in and take them, or were they already there and they ambushed Dark Army when they were coming in? But essentially, what they did was they went up to their surveillance vans and just popped these guys in the head, sure. and then went into the house. And you know, we get the little clue there when there's the blood all over the phone with the you know mm-hmm. the Chinese. Lettering. I'm like, oh, dark time would be dead. Yeah, it's like interesting. Um, I loved it. How yeah. fucking clever yeah. Sam Esmail. You're so clever. You're so clever. Um, any thoughts about 408? Timeout requested. Oh, I mean, request man. timeout. I just. Oh, there was. Wait, there was that weird. Um, Tyrell cameo. In the yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> mad today. Everybody mad. Everybody like so mad. I don't feel like he's coming back. I'm holding out hope, man. I don't know. <laughs> Andre's like, it better happen, y'all. I love that I uh, Beanie I mean, like, Wong why, was why trolling that, people why with was it, that too. was there to begin with? Yeah. Like, a dead guy talking about Christmas? I don't know. Hey, can I... Let me... Well, no, he was back for a while. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and I, he probably shot a bunch of promotional stuff. I was asking again, the same thing. Right. Was, like, was he was he back in time to shoot all this stuff? These I, promo you guys, stuff. You guys are probably right about this. But but remember the Thanksgiving. Remember earlier on in this in the season, Elliot has this Thanksgiving or this dinner dream, and they're in that the alleyway, and everyone's coming up to the table. Yeah. Who's at that table? Um, that's going to be. Um, everyone's there. Trenton Mobley. Angela, I don't know if if Dominique's there. I know that the old warden is there. Quirty. I don't know. Bill that he yelled at at Still Mountain. He's there. As Sam Sepial. And and what's his name? Um ah, his name's giving me. We were just talking about him and he's not coming back. I can't Terrell. Terrell. Jesus Christ. I'm lying. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we can trust any of these no, dreams. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just like, I wonder if there's something we can pull out of there, some information. But Yeah, I don't know. I, feel I, like... I really want to watch from start to end. We have again. to. We really have to to see all the signs. There was a thought I had earlier about the key, and now it's gone. Wow. Yeah. Kind of reeling. I don't know. Yeah. I'm excited about this show. Um, I'm needed. I needed all the answers, but I don't want it to end. I'm in that weird stasis. 
I'm also I'm going to be on the side of Tyrell people and hope that he comes back in some form or fashion that's satisfactory to everyone. Um, but I feel like he might have gotten Cersei'd. And um, I, think the, I think the castle just fell on him, meaning he just crawled <laughs> off into the woods and died. Um, and then at the end, the coda of the whole thing will be that, you know, CEO, you know, you know CEO uh, body Tyrell Sounds, Wellick yeah. was just found in the woods and be credits yeah. the finale. <laughs> like, I think it'll be something like that. And I think there'll be a lot of table flipping across the universe. But Well, 409, okay, is called Conflict. Yes. 410 is called Gone. 411 is Length Required. We don't know the last two. Yeah. So. What's the conflict like, going to yeah. be? Yeah. At least, at least. I, we, I think, I think we're, we're like, we're, the tempo's picking up now. Like, I feel yeah. like we're, we're yeah. getting into more action-y stuff, like more high stakes. Like, I'm we, ready for Yeah. We had crazy. to clean up a few, get rid of a few things. So, Deus Group is meeting. We saw the dude, uh, Wallace Shawn, I know his actor name, uh, the guy who, who um, interrogated Terrell out in the woods. Will you be loyal to me? Oh, oh with the whistle okay. going off and oh, doing yeah. all the cocaine. We saw him in the car, so he's showing up to that. So he's a Deus Group guy, right? Like, who's mm. this motherfucker? He was questioning people in the woods. Like, what is he rolling up to do? Is he their lie detector test? Yeah. You know, what's up? And then what are they going to do about Terrell not existing? Because he's supposedly supposed to show up at this. He right. has to be there. they're going to name his ass. And Price is the only one knows that he's not going to be there. Right. He doesn't, does yeah. Price know that he he's dead? Not that we know of. So it's going to be a very explosive episode, I feel. And um, Elliot's going to, I mean, obviously Elliot's going through with the hack because we know, we hear Darlene's voice in the next, because she's going to roll up and go, listen, yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend <laughs> yeah. is just laying on the floor over there maybe dead and we're going to do this because everybody is counting on us, but specifically the only person in the world who's cared about me outside of you, who's been jerking off to my, you know, interrogation tapes. I'm just finding out, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to, Chance was like, she doesn't know that. Oh, how embarrassing. My bad. <laughs> oh, God, what a moment for Dom lean shippers. People were just losing their, I could just hear just the screams. Across well, and the I think world. after the, this episode, it, I don't think it'll be any more. Will they won't they? I feel like this shared trauma is going to be like a, a thing that they're going to bond over. They need a walk up yeah. and a dog together. Stat. There, there, there was, yeah, there was another level of another layer of connection that was added in that. Yeah. You know, that trauma. Dom, Dom, Darlene finally gets a home. Um, hopefully one of them will Darlene be finally gets a home. Darlene will hopefully will be a neat freak because not couch Dom's anymore. a slob. <laughs> you know, she'll finally <laughs> get her goldfish at the end of them, like renovating Angela's old apartment together. Oh, that'll be it. They'll just be scraping all the scraping black off paint the off. <laughs> going <laughs> chipping yeah. paint. Fine. <laughs> the, um, I, I had to find another apartment in New York city. I'll yeah, exactly. This one's completely open y'all. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're going to leave New York. They can come out to California. They're going to go out to New Jersey and live next door to Trudy. Um, I, have, I, I was wondering, so in that last scene, do you know when, when he's, when Elliot's back at all safe and he's yes. in front of the computers and he's like, Darlene has gotten all the things he's talking to Miss Robot. So from the point where Darlene leaves, um, Dom, do you think she's already connected to with with Elliot by the time we get to Elliot the computer? Because he's like, Darlene has got all this stuff as if everything's going to plan. Does he know that she was almost killed? 
I don't think so. I mean, who no, knows? No, probably not. I don't think the Aldersons really hook up and go, hey, by the way. There, there was no uh, Killed a updating. chick in a pool. Um, that came up much yeah. later. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, just because we're talking about it and you're holding mom's ashes. Um, like, um, I accidentally killed. No, I didn't accidentally. Foul. I meant to kill her. Kill that bitch. Yeah. Susan Jacobs. And he was like, yeah, that's really shocking. Probably should have told me. But you know what? Bitch deserved it. So I feel like if she goes, hey, Dom just got like stabbed in the in the tit by this crazy psycho woman. But she okay. pulled it out, cut her Achilles heel and killed everybody in the room. And now I'm here to make it right. And he'd be like, Okay, um, like I just feel like they would just—it's not a conversation. Because mm-hmm. I'm would, like, I wonder know. if we're going to come to a point where something wasn't done mm. because they did, weren't able to. Because mistake was forced. I don't know. Yeah, but as we talked about when we started off talking about how the Aldersons handled things, I feel like these two have led such traumatized lives. I think they've got this sort of sort of stuff on point. Well, in the in the preview, there's a there's a. a a section where it's like they can't go forward. Oh, something's not right. So I guess well, 408, 409 conflict. That is that we're doing the 400, 400 codes. So the conflict is you can't finish the hack because something is in the way. So there you go. Maybe. What is the thing that's stopping yeah. the the hack from going forward? I think I think it whatever it is, it's going to be whatever White Rose tells Elliot about Angela. That's gonna that's gonna somehow get in the way of him performing the hack gotcha. i think also it's interesting at the last scene i didn't really pick up on it until i watched it a second time but i feel like and if if you read it another way let me know um that beginning of the scene the reason mr robot shows up to begin with is elliot is already doubting his ability to go through with the hack yes and he's sort of subconsciously conjured up mr robot and he's like saying all these things he's trying to talk himself back into it but by the end he's just like i don't think i can do this yeah i totally i totally read it that way i totally saw it that way i agree yeah and also it's like okay if we're if we're talking about bringing people back which i'm just throwing this this just came to my mind it's like white rose wants to bring back is it chang chen chen um angela wants to bring back her mom elliot doesn't want to bring back his dad yeah that's a conflict for you yeah, you know, because up to this point, it's like, oh, Elliot wants to bring back his dad, Mrs. Mr. You know, because we always thought Mr. Robot was a good dude. Oh my god! And the way he groomed him, and he goes, he made me feel special. He made me feel so special. Oh fuck! Yeah, he named the store. Let him name the store. I mean, it could be it could be nothing. Took but him to adult like, games, gave him treats, yeah. made him feel special. Fuck! God. Stood up for him Damn, when he stole the twenty dollars. Yes, you know. Fuck. Well, your abusers are the most charming people in your life a lot of times. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I interpret it the same way that he did put him on a timeout and then he's trying to talk himself back into this moment and then he shows up to Mm -hmm. console him and he's like, I can't do it. I can't. That's why he's crying in remorse. I can't bring myself to do it. I don't know if that if that's going to happen, but I, I do have a question for you guys, and maybe this is a naive question. Hey, I'm all about the naive questions. Yeah, I'm asking a bunch of questions <laughs> it's me. today. Yeah, exactly. So with, with you know, Dom, she's laying there bleeding out. She's called it in. You know, you need to get the fuck up out of here. You don't need to be in the room. Especially what I've learned from this episode is when you call the police, you don't leave the Aldersons in the room with you. And apparently when you go to the Poe, you don't take an Alderson with you. Um, she's like, you need to get out of here. Um, it's going to call into question while she's in Angela's apartment, blah, blah, blah. All these things will be connected by uh, the cops that respond because now she's making this thing known. Is Dom going to now expose them? Her family's in a safe house, right? Everybody's come in from all points to be at the house. Not everybody. Dark Army could get to some of the relatives, but for the most part, her core family's been 
hauled away to the safe house by Deegan and his crew. So is she going to come clean with the FBI? Is she going to say, this is the reason I was laying on this floor shot? So that'll be interesting to come see. Come clean about her involvement with the Dark Army? Yes, or about- and the ASAC before her with Santiago. Is she going to tell the story to yeah. any power that will be? Will it even help? Or will she just go, you know, as falling down a perp on whatever and tell a decoy story? I don't story? think it'll help because Darlene said that that we're doing we're going to get rid of the Dark Army. So I don't know if if it's a, a gamble she's willing to play. And yeah. she also says to Darlene, "Go find your brother and take them down." Yeah. It's almost as if like I yeah. I'm I'm already, I'm sidelined. Yeah. I've got, you know, I'm on the injured list. Whatever cop is taking Krista and Dom's story tonight is going to have a really long Christmas. They're going to be like, do what now? Yeah. And is it a clean cop? Yeah, exactly. And you don't know who's on his payroll. So it's very interesting to see like how these events were kind of mirrored like that. A lot of I keep forgetting that do. this whole season is happening like in a matter of like two days. It really like, is. Yeah. And it's yeah. not too short, uh, not too sh- shortly after um the 72 building hacks right is it christmas a week christmas day it's december christmas, 25th we're christmas, yeah we're december 25th these last what three episodes yeah pretty much so i feel like it's christmas Five. day so yeah yeah because wasn't the days group supposed to meet that night it was christmas yeah. yeah since since season one to this last episode it's christmas eve to christmas day we started out like on christmas eve and by the time we get to this episode, it's Christmas Day. Wow. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I Guys, I just loved it. I, I love it every was episode. Amazing. I love it what's was going amazing. on. I, I, I love what's happening. So It's just it's just getting, it feels like it's just getting better and better and better. Yes. I just, you know. There was this, this, real quick, there was this really cool thing that the camera was doing with the whole, uh, Janice hostage situation that you know like sometimes when you're watching something very tense and you're like w- trying to will something into existence by thinking about it a certain way and I feel like the way they shot it like sometimes they would have like shots from as if like you're watching from the ceiling I don't know why but the way they shot it from there made me feel like even more helpless and vulnerable given mm-hmm. the circumstances I don't know it was it was a really cool subconscious sort of like manipulation on their part They've been using these, uh, for lack of a better word, ceiling shots, uh, specifically this season. In almost every episode, there's been an mm-hmm. overhead shot to feel make us feel boxed in. You feel yeah. completely yeah. boxed in, and you're like, you know, even when Elliot's running, you know, there's a lot of just above shots and aerial shots and long shots, and then these squared off rooms. They did it in 407 with the the Vera play you know, you're closed mm-hmm. in. So I felt the same way. I'm like, you're really using these shots yeah. to to define the box that we're in, the conundrum that we're in. Like, there's no fucking way out. And you're yeah. like, well, here's a way. You know, slice the guy's thing, you know, knife out of the chef and slice and then bam and bam. And I was like, because you only have seconds before, like, your lung collapses completely because it's trying to breathe around yeah. this thing. And it's it's not it's not like... You know the way the, these coverage shots are framed; they're not dutched. No. But they're mm-hmm. they're stilted in a way where it's not centered. It's like we're and it's not like a, a typical hero shot. No. Or you know whatever the other one is when you're looking down or looking up. I, I'm not sure, but it's like it's not like we're seeing part, of, and it's off frame. It's just it's really yeah. awkward. Well, and again, he brought back the season one. He's in it all along, but we really notice it when. Uh, 
Elliot and Chris are talking on the street and we're forcing each into the corner of the frame. Again, these things that are in the corner of our mind, the things that are not fully centered and seen, the things that are lurking, like the pain. I love what they were doing yeah, with all the framing. Yeah. I also feel like just that in general just like grounds the show in reality more because I feel like when you have all, all these like fancy, you know, shot reverse shot and rack focus and all that, like it can feel like you're watching a story, but like the way and, you know, he's been the same as has been doing this all four seasons. But I don't know the way they shoot the, this show. They they choose moments that it feels very story like. And then there's just these moments like with conversations where that it just feels very grounded and like you're seeing through the eyes of the other person. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, on the peripheral. It's a very good like point. Something that you don't completely see. Yeah. There could be nicely done, Andre. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> why did young Elliot bury the key? If it was used to keep the father out, why did he hide the key at the Queen's Museum? If it was the thing that kept him out. It kept him from coming in. I know, but why is he now putting hiding the key? Don't you think you still need it? Well, I mean, no, because if he hides it, then his father can't. He can lock him oh. in from the inside, and you can't come in. So he's removing the thing. That, yeah, he's yeah. removing the... Not a smart man. Yeah. Um, so that's what he does. He's yeah. removing the very thing that... He's keeping the monster out. No. Tomorrowland, the world of tomorrow, the sign that was up there and now it moved. And then there was the uh, the robot uh, in when it was yeah. not in the 90s. Was it 94? Uh, where he has the, um, oh, it's an old 1950s invasion earth kind of story. That's what that robot is from. But that's, you know, the Mr. Robot, yeah. the robot, the whole... And he's talking to Mr. Robot when he goes in there. And again, we see literally that little Elliot, who's younger than eight to me, is talking to Mr. Robot even by then. Yeah, that was weird. So, that was interesting to see. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. He was <laughs> much younger than the, the kid in the theater who goes, you're sick and you just don't want to admit it. So he was already doing this. So, Yeah. Mm. Weird. So how long has Mr. Robot been around? Since that first molestation? How long is Edward molesting Elliot? And did Edward ever molest Darlene? I don't even know if the the person young Elliot was talking to even looked like Mr. Robot. Yeah. Could not have been. I feel Maybe like not. if you're I feel like if you're in that situation, you're gonna create someone that doesn't look like the person that's hurting you. Maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. What did what did Robot look like before he became Robot? Because in, in season yeah. one, he didn't recognize Mr. Robot. That's right. He yeah. didn't. You know. Also, who was Elliot talking to, man? Is he talking to Monster? So you're talking to some unseen person that we don't know. I know we take it as us, but I don't think it's us. I think it's literally a person or persona. Is are people trying to reason with monster? Well, in that in that Because you see Mr. Robot says, I don't give a shit about you. Isn't he is I took that to mean monster. He's like, I don't give a fuck about you. You're the mean one. You're the asshole. 
You know, you're, you know, I don't know who's talking to who. Yeah. I still don't think we've answered this question no. clearly. Because he's got, he's got, remember in the in the conference room, he's got the little Elliot. He's got his mom. Yeah. So we don't really know. We got Mr. Robot, and then we have our monster. Yeah. So yeah. There could be another guy, another person. This rabbit know. hole. Yeah, this rabbit hole. Okay. I'm so, just here smoking some trees. <laughs> I don't know, girl. I'm just here smoking some trees. So we're going to find out more and more answers as we get closer. We still have five episodes. I feel like we're going to be, as as uh, Javi said, I feel like we got Cliff hanged uh, as a motherfucker up on the shit, however he said it. Um, he is us. We are him. So I don't know. I, I love that every week we're getting to see more and more of this puzzle, and we're racing right down to the fine conclusion. Yeah. And it's uh, it's going to be madness all the way to the end. But uh, rest in peace, Janice. You were terrifying, and uh, you were Dolores Umbridge on heroin, and that was <laughs> that was a scary time. And actually, Atkinson was worried about following the performance of Elliot Villar. And look, I got to tell you, he was amazing, but you held your own. Oh, Don't yeah. you worry. You oh, were yeah. you were mm-hmm. great in four oh eight. He was yeah. wonderful in four oh seven. It just was a continuation. It, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he handed you the baton and, and you didn't you, drop it nope, until you, you got that, shot in the head, of yeah. course. And we're you can follow her on Instagram because I'm now I'm following her. I love her, Ashley Atkinson. You got to follow her and now all the work that she does because uh, I'm into her and Elliot Villar. Whatever they go, whatever they're yeah. doing, I'm here for you. I have long watched Gloria Rubin, BD Wong, of course, is everywhere, and we love him. But like just these two getting to be introduced to Ashley Atkinson in this way and Elliot Villar. Yeah, gonna be following these careers for a long time. So, I mean, we we yeah. were introduced to just a bunch of really good actors. Yeah, that I had never knew seen Bobby Cannavale from his work before. Yeah. But Carly has been exceptional as Darlene. I think she's been amazing. And of course, following Rami since two thousand and ten in the Pacific, seeing what he does every time out, every performance out, out you know, has been fun. And then Christian Slater, man, can we talk about Christian Slater? Mm-hmm. Has been around for a minute and. Used to be the heartthrob, used to be the bad boy, used to be the whatever. And that guy is nothing but a gracious, uh, talented motherfucking man. He holds his own, and he's so gracious on screen, and he's so fucking good. When he's called upon to be in that moment and be in the scene, he just owns it. And he's just been a thing yeah. of joy and beauty to watch. I, yeah. don't, I think he makes Rami Malek uh, better and vice versa. I think they're so good with each other. And I love mm-hmm. seeing this symbiotic relationship, too. Okay, um, we're going to get on out of here. We're going to see you next week for 409 Conflict. But this has been 408 Request Time Out. You guys take care of yourself. And on 321, we're going to take the show out of here. 3, 2, 1. Headshot. Hell, Ashley. <laughs>